What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Health Mastery Show. I'm Adam, your host as always, and today I have on with me John Sonmez from Bulldog Mindset. So I've been watching John's YouTube channels for a couple of years now and decided to reach out to him. I think his philosophy and way of thinking is something that I really wanted to kind of emulate on this podcast when it originally started. He's obviously extremely fit if you know him or if you follow him. He's just ran his first ultra marathon, but he also works out a lot. But John also shows how he makes all his money. He makes like hundreds of thousands a year and he breaks it down on YouTube. And I find that really, really interesting. But he's also a huge fan of Stoic philosophy and implementing that mindset. He made a, you know this crazy transformation from being unmotivated, out of shape to someone who's kind of got their shit together they've like making tons of money making or you know running in these ultra marathons and working out uh, got his kind of relationship down got pretty much every part of his lifestyle down that say a young man would want to kind of aspire to be like so i really thought that he would be great to have on this show and we had a really really interesting conversation so if you do like this show or if you're watching this show or listening to it please tag me at adammac192 post it up let me know what your thoughts are and please do leave some feedback review reach out to me whatever anything you can do to help improve this show going forward is always going to be helpful so without further ado let's get into this episode with john sonmez john thank you so much for coming on the podcast today yeah thanks for having me glad to be here yeah it's great to have you on man so i've been following you for number of years i think on youtube your channel is called bulldog mindset right so um you like i don't know maybe maybe you explain what exactly your channel is about you're better than i would be yeah so really what my channel is about is you know i don't like the terminology but i was just thinking about this because i was trying to make some ads for the for the channel i don't really do paid advertising and really it's about how to become an alpha male Right again. I don't really like the terminology, but that's the closest thing that I can I can come to. I call it the bulldog mindset, and really what that really encompasses is is eliminating the victim mindset. Right. So many people today, especially in society, have this victim mindset where they blame their responsibilities, they blame things on other people, and the bulldog mindset is really about taking charge, taking responsibility, a very stoic approach to life, and so. Really, what I try to do is, is I try to reach as many men as possible and teach them how to be men. It's something that really today in society we don't get taught and is almost discouraged, right? There's this idea of toxic masculinity and, and so much that men are confused, right? They don't know, they don't have these rights of initiation that existed before. So the way I do that is essentially through four pillars, right? Four areas. One being mindset, which is most important, which all of my con- my mindset content is pretty much deeply rooted in Stoic philosophy. And the second one is through wealth, through financial, like to, to be able to uh, build a business or invest, you know, and especially today, because as a man, you don't really have a voice unless you have money because uh, you'll be silenced, you know. So and then uh, the, the third way is through fitness, right, through overcoming, you know, discipline, mastering your body, getting the physique you want. And then the fourth way is through social relationships especially for men women and handling women and and that whole dating aspect of that so by building up men in those four areas you know i, I seek to create strong men mm, yeah that's pr- it's pretty interesting some areas that i personally very interested in i remember when i was like 
I think I was maybe 19. So, you know, nine years ago, I was living in France and I read Tony Robbins book. But the reason I read that book first and kind of got into self-development was because I learned of Tony Robbins from Owen Cook or R.S.D. Tyler. Have you heard of him? Yeah. 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 So the, the kind of the, the guy that was in the game. Right. So I've been following that I've kind of grown out of that, I suppose I would say out of that kind of, you know, chasing people around a nightclub. But um, that really did get me into kind of personal development because looking at some of your photos and I don't mean to offend you, but you, you look completely different. I mean, you kind of previously looked like somebody that would be in like a, a, a movie as like a stereotypical kind of geek or nerd. You're, it looks like you're overweight, right? Um, maybe that was like 20 years ago or 10 years ago or something like that. But now you seem to have like a, a really good physique, no homo, but you, you know, you, you look like you're lean all the time. You've very muscular. You obviously work out and have a lot of, you know, a lot of knowledge and uh, apply that knowledge as well. But from following you, you also are very successful in your business and you're very transparent with how, how you've made your money and what you make, what you do to make that money. So tell us a little bit about your story, your, how you've, you know, how you got to where you are today, both physically and, and as a financially as well. And mentally, I suppose that would, you know, umbrella that. Yeah. So I actually am a pretty big fan of Tony Robbins, a lot of what he, what he says as well. And, and a lot of my story actually relates to that you know, it's not like everything changed all at once, but I had different what he would call breakthroughs that have happened throughout my life that have really changed my mindset. And and really, I would say that I believe that our physical manifestations, like our outward world is a reflection of our inward world. And so when people look at me, the most drastic change they say, see is the physical change, right? But the most drastic change that happened was a mental change. And that's, that's, you know, when I look at my story, basically, I started out as, you know, just a typical nerd, you know, I was very lazy, I was very shy, I was out of shape, you know, I wasn't a popular kid in school. And I was, you know, your typical kind of nerd, I became a software developer. And I was, you know, I was just weak. I didn't have really mental discipline. I didn't have strength. You know, I was fairly smart. I was successful as a software developer to some degree, but, you know, there was something missing from my life. And to a large degree, right, I didn't discover this till later, is I didn't really know what it meant to be a man. I didn't, you know, I never felt that even as I became an adult. I felt like an adult boy, which I think a lot of a lot of men feel like today. It's, it's you know, it's kind of hard to admit that. But really, I would look around and see other men and I just would say, I don't understand what the difference is. And and no, there was no one really to teach me what that difference was. So what ended up happening, you know, a few different breakthroughs, like I said, one of the one of the key points was, you know, probably somewhere in high school when, when things started to change for the first time. I had this idea in my head. I, I woke up in the morning and I remember thinking to myself, you know, why not me? Right. And and at that point, I got this idea that I could envision who I wanted to become and then I could just act as if I were already that person, sort of playing the role as an actor, playing that part. And what I found was that when you play that part, then you become that part. And that really was, was key as I realized that I could transform. I could become whatever I wanted just by almost almost a fake it till you make it approach to life. Now, that only carried me so far and you know I ended up going down the path of I never really conquered all the the demons and I ended up gaining a lot of weight and really you know 
changing in some ways, but not changing in other ways. And that's, you know, some of the pictures that you've seen where I was, I was overweight and just, you know, look like shit and, you know, just, you know, that, that's, that's how, how I was. And then I think what really started to change that was, was the mindset change. So I started reading some books. I read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. The first time I read it, I threw it away halfway through. I was like, this is a bunch of crap. You know, I don't need this new age psychobabble type of, of BS. And then, you know, I kept on running into like wealthy people who I would ask them, you know, successful people, what, what books do you recommend? And one of them just kept on coming up, you know, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a second chance here. So I, you know, I read through the book and I kind of kept more of an open mind. And then I read, you know, I started doing some sales and marketing. And so I started to read the books that those people read. And it was really good stuff. It was like psycho-cybernetics. You know, it was, uh, you know, Awaken the Giant Within. So that kind of introduced me to Tony Robbins. And I always thought he was just kind of this loud, kind of scammy guy until I actually read what he, what he said. And, you know, I went to uh, a Tony Robbins seminar, Date with Destiny, and one thing that really sort of drastically changed my life at that point, you know, I was already making a lot of physical changes. I was getting in shape. I was developing mental discipline. I had learned about Stoic philosophy, but I was still living my life in such a way that I was trying to protect myself from the outside. Like I was still living with a lot of fear. And I was at a Tony Robbins seminar, The Date with Destiny, and he said that the quality of your life is in direct proportion to the amount of uncertainty you can comfortably live with. And that really struck me because I realized that even though I had achieved a lot of these things in life, you know, at this point I was successful financially. I had built some businesses. I had, you know, kind of retired from real estate investment and I had built a decent physique, not, not quite what I wanted, but, you know, I had a lot of things going for me. I realized that my life was miserable because I couldn't deal with uncertainty. Everything I was doing in life was trying to build this certainty. I was trying to make it so I built financial certainty, so that I built re relationship certainty, emotional certainty, physical certainty and security. And, you know, at that point I was afraid to fly in airplanes. I was afraid of roller coasters. I had all these fears. I was still socially afraid of rejection. And when he said that, I realized like it, it was an instant value system change for me. Like I immediately threw out my old value system and realized that I needed to embrace the uncertainty and just accept whatever consequences. Basically, I, I developed this philosophy of saying, I'm going to live my life how I choose and I will accept whatever consequences come from that, even if it's death, even if it's an early death. Like, So I stopped fearing things. I started developing the habit of courage and I started saying, you know, it's better to live and to fully live your life and just accept whatever consequences come as a man than it is to to live in fear or to try and build this false security because the security that we build in life is not actually real anyway it can be all swept away just as we've been seeing lately what's been going on in the world all, all of these things that we took for granted like being able to buy toilet paper or go to the store and get what you want or to be able to walk outside of your house or to you know all of these things they instantly got taken away from us because you know there there is no security outside of us and and that's really kind of the core tenet of stoke philosophy which is basically to say that you know it is what is inside you that counts and if you live your life basically where you are dependent on something outside of you you're going to be weak and you're going to be vulnerable to that situation at all times so really what you know this all sort of came together and 
as, and when I adopted that mindset and started facing these fears and facing these challenges, it, it's like everything unlocked for me. All, all of a sudden, you know, my physique got better than it ever was. I developed the mental discipline that I needed to to do that. I started running marathons. I just finished my first ultra marathon this this last Saturday. I did a fifty miler, and I've been able to do things that I, I never thought were possible because it's all of those things lay on the other side of fear. Yeah, so I, I, I guess it's pretty rare to to meet somebody or to, to hear a story about somebody who changes it, almost all areas of their life, like completely overhauls them, or at least that's what it appears. So I think when, when people would see you, like just from your physical and then what they first see, they would think you're you're dedicated, you're someone who has a lot of commitment. But as you mentioned, you didn't have that initially. Was that kind of a, a moment in time that when you heard that everything changed and how did that trickle down into you actually getting better results? What, what was it that changed on a day-to-day -day basis? You, you kind of mentioned the, the fake it till you make it or basically do, uh, you do what the person you're trying to become does. Was there somebody that you had in your mind that you said, I'm trying to work towards becoming that particular person, so I'm going to wake up and eat like them, I'm going to train like them, I'm going to uh, you know, run my business like them? So the key for it to me was really, you know, and this is where I think a lot of people get into this whole idea of like, don't try and be someone you're not, you know, be authentic, be yourself, be your real self. Well, I never really envisioned someone other than myself. What I envisioned was the future version of myself, like the ideal version of myself. And I wanted to pretend like I was already that person, right? And that's, I think that was one of the big secrets, the big keys, right? When I, you know, I'm, I'm 230 pounds. I'm not really built to run ultra marathons, but I just finished my first ultra marathon. I don't know how many people have done it at, at my weight. And what I did in order to do that is I didn't say, is it possible? I didn't say, you know, I want to run an ultra marathon. I said, I'm going to start training like an ultra marathoner. I'm going to, I'm going to pretend like I'm already an ultra marathoner and I'm just going to hire a coach and I'm going to start doing the running plan that an ultra marathoner runs. And by, the actions you do is what you become your actions. Is, so anyone can become anything they want by just doing the actions of, of the person that they want to become. And, and again, like I said, it's, it's better to envision the person who is yourself, right? And it's authentic. It's true because what I believe is that whatever we want to become, that's who we truly are. It's just that we have all this cruft, all this crap in the way that prevents us from, from getting there. So we have to sort of dig deep and figure out, like, if you have some aspirations to be something or to do something, it's because that it's not inauthentic. It, it is the most authentic thing. It's just that the reason why you have those desires is because that's who you truly are. But there's all these other layers, all this other stuff, this fear of rejection, this fear of failure, right? The All of these other things that are preventing you from doing it. And so... I think we can all kind of just look within and and look at it and say, okay, who who if I had no limits, who who could I be? Like, what would I be? What would I look like? What would I sound like? How would I act? What would I do in my life? And then to start pretending that you're already that person, because if if you start pretending like you're already that person, just like I said with the ultra running, right? I start to I wasn't an ultra runner. <laughs> But I am now because I started running like an ultra runner. And that's, you know, that's, that's the key is if you start doing that. And so for me, that was one of the big, the big things along with that, you know, one of the, I'd say there's two other kind of fundamental 
pillars that that change in my life on a daily basis. One of them was the Stoic philosophy, right? I really recommend that everyone read Seneca's letters to Lucilius, uh, that it, or Lucius, uh, however it's pronounced. But that is really really good book or set of letters that that have been written. Uh, a good introduction to Stoic philosophy is Ryan Holiday's book, The Obstacles the Way. That's also a good one. You know, Marcus Aurelius's Meditations is also kind of a core one. But by developing that Stoic philosophy, that really changed my life on a daily basis because I started changing my focus because most people are focused on goals and I was focused on goals, right? It's like, I want to get the money. I want to get the girls. I want to get the whatever it is, the house, the car, right? And what I realized, and maybe you've gone through this competing professionally is when I achieve the goal, usually what comes right after achieving that goal, even when you win, is a huge depression. And the reason why that you, you go through that is because you've devoted your whole life to this thing and you see this as the thing that you're trying to achieve and obtain. And when you get it, it's not that great. It doesn't like that magical transformation of feeling like your life is supposed to be all better now. It doesn't happen. And now you've lost focus and you don't have something to strive towards anymore. And so you lose purpose. And when you lose purpose in life, you lose hope. And when you lose hope, you fall into depression and despair. And so when I shifted to the Stoic mindset, I really shifted to looking at goals as the things that I set in order to move my character in a direction that I want to become, right? So instead of the goal being the end, the goal is just something that allows me to push myself in the direction of becoming the person I want to become. So again, I, I could use the ultra marathon example because a lot of people ask me, they said, well, John, why are you running a 50 mile run? It doesn't make sense. You're not even built for this. You know, it's not, you know, what's your purpose, right? And realistically, I'm not going to win a race being 230 pounds, okay, running an ultra, like guys are like 130, 140 pounds. Those are guys winning those, right? And I don't have the genetics for it anyway. You know, just the, uh, I'm not going to, it's not the most healthy thing I can do for my body. Running 50 miles is not healthy. <laughs> it's, it destroys your body to some degree, right? But I wanted to be the guy like the reason why I set that goal was because I wanted to be the guy who did it. And because I knew that by setting that goal and going on that journey, it's about who I become in that journey. And that would move me further in the direction of who I want to become. And so I started looking at all my goals and all my life as that, as, as something, as, as the, the value, the only value being not what I have, but who I become. And so when I started looking that way, that, that was a, a big change. And then the third one, was just this simple concept of being a finisher. This idea that, you know, whatever I start, I'm going to finish it. And I, and I have what, you know, I had what I call the, the closet of broken dreams, right? We all have this closet where we have like the soccer cleats in there and the yellow belt for karate and, you know, half of a novel that we wrote or really we only got through chapter one mm -hmm. of it and all these things that we never finish. And those things that you finish, never finish in life that you give up on, they have no value. They're completely worthless. It's like a bridge that's built 90% of the way or 99% of the way. It's, it's completely worthless. It's just a waste of time. And so I started committing to finishing everything, right? If I train for something, I'm going to do it. It's, I'm, I'm never giving up. I'm going to finish the things that I start. And that, that was something that totally changed my life. That was what really made me financially successful and, and helped me to achieve the things in life. Because it, it works twofold. One, the things that you embark upon, you complete and you succeed at and you get the benefit from. But second also is that 
you don't do a lot of things because you think about it and you say, well, I'm not going to start this unless I'm going to finish it. And that, that was key as well. Yeah. I think that point really hits home. And I think, I don't know if it's because social media, you know, pretty much grown up most of my life with social media, like I'm nearly 30, but most of my teenage life, life, it's been social media, but people get that validation from, even if it's not on social media, but saying that they're going to do something that almost gives them all the external validation that they needed before they ever even begin. So I'm going to do like a, a marathon. You, you post it on Facebook, you get like 200 likes or whatever. Loads of people are giving you congratulations, but then you don't actually have to do it. You just have to say you're going to do it. And that can kind of uh, suffice for what you're trying to look for externally. And, and the points on the goals um, really sounds like um, James Clear. I had him on the podcast a while ago about goals are like a specific point in time and you know they, they rob you of certain of happiness or satisfaction because you're just working towards that goal and it's like an, an if then so i'll be happy when i reach that goal or uh, i'll be satisfied when this happens rather than the the process or the journey and and you know they kind of are at odds with the long-term progress because i'm sure now that you've competed or completed this 50 50 mile run this ultra marathon it's not that you're gonna go back on the couch and start eating you know potato chips and and you know snickers bars again it's not okay i've done the goal and i've finished that was just like a post along the the journey that you're on right exactly in fact i'm training for i mean i'll be honest with you when i was at like 34 mile 34 of that 50 mile run this last weekend i pretty much swore off running for the rest of my life <laughs> and said that I'm not, you know, I'm never going to run again after this. But by the next day I was talking to my coach and I, I'm, I'm training for a hundred mile race now. So, and again, it's the same reason it's because you know what? I just became the person who can run a 50 mile race. So now I'm going to become the person who can do a hundred. And that, that is a path of growth. Like, you know, I know, you know, I know now after running eight and a half hours, and in running 50 miles to think that I would only be halfway done with a hundred mile race. And the fact that that makes me feel like it's impossible means I still have a long way to grow because it, it is possible. And, and I want to become the person that can do that mentally. Right. Again. And really, I think, you know, that's why I like running, like I started running marathons and why I like distance running is because the mental aspect of it, because really, anyone can run 30 miles. You can train to run 30 miles. You know, it's not easy, but it, you can be trained to do that. But running the last 20, right? Going from past 30 miles to 50 miles, it's completely mental. It's a hundred percent mental at that mm -hmm. point. And so that's, that's the challenge of it. That's the thing that really, you know, it, it it's, it stretches you. It, it, it shapes you, right? I, I really believe that the only way that we can actually grow and grow our character is at those worst moments when, you know, it's sort of like you think about that analogy of purifying gold, right? You have to like melt the gold and the impurities rise to the top. It's the same thing. We have to be put under that fire. Those are the only moments where we can find out who we truly are and change who we truly are. And most people live through lives never challenge themselves to the point. And so they never get to know who they are and they never get to change who they are. They're just stuck on this default mode that they're running through life at. But when you do something that really physically pushes you and you, you know this because you've trained for bodybuilding competitions and, you know, doing those last couple of weeks of cuts, you know, it's just, uh, it's hell, right? So you really figure out who you are, right? Any, anyone who's fasted for a couple of days, anyone who's gotten ready for a show, they know, like you, you find out like 
when you're deprived, when you're in pain, that's who you really are. Like everything else is just fake on top of that. But you, whatever you are at your lowest is, is who you actually are underneath it all. And, and that's the only opportunity you have to change that. So that's, yeah. Yeah, you've really just explained kind of what I go through or why I do natural bodybuilding. It's because it sounds really bizarre to like like friends that I've had for, for my whole life. They don't see like they wonder like why you get on stage and paint yourself with, with this fake tan and wear like a thong. It, it's it's ridiculous. And if you look at it that way, it is ridiculous And to, to do like and then if your goal is to be as muscular as possible, why don't you just use steroids? You know, they're, they're not that unhealthy unless you're using tons of them. And I do natural bodybuilding. You say, well, what's the point in that? And you just nailed the, the point why I actually do it. It's it's not for just to look bigger or to get as physically big as possible but it's it's just to push through that because i feel it really matures you it really it probably embodies that stoic philosophy right so like you you can't become a stoic or uh, you can't practice stoicism by just reading the books you have to do like you have to do the hard things you have to endure the hardship for this delayed gratification or to build your character um so, so what ways have you have you found that you've been able to apply that stoic philosophy obviously you mentioned the ultra ultra marathons but is there other ways that you felt that you've been able to take those learnings and put them into practice because i know a lot of people have been reading stoicism and it's it's definitely getting more popular with the likes of ryan holiday or donald robertson putting these kind of uh, easy spins on stoicism or more understandable spins on stoicism but how would you give advice to somebody to translate that into actual growing their character do hard shit and do do <laughs> do stuff you don't like every single day that's the key like you need to some people say you know do something you fear every single day i say do something that you don't like every single day that's what keeps you hard that's what keeps you from getting soft and the only way you can do that is to learn to treat life again like a marathon where you not like a sprint right like so many people are living their lives trying to get through the day and thinking about the challenges of that day as, as something that they just have to endure and trying to get to the weekend or trying to get to some reprieve, trying to get to the point where they can rest. When I did Muay Thai kickboxing, it was always like, you know, when can I put my arms down and stop guarding my face? <laughs> because my arms are, my shoulders are getting tired. The answer mm -hmm. is never. It's when you want to get punched in the face is when you can do that or kicked in the face. That's when you can do it. Otherwise you don't do it. And, you know, letting your guard down. And that's the thing is like when you view life as, it's supposed to be difficult and it's supposed to be a challenge and every day you're supposed to wake up and you're going to fight the battle, then you're, you're not looking at the things in terms of trying to get through them. And I think that's really what's key in that, you know, with Stoic philosophy, that's helped me to, to do that and also to manage emotions, right? Especially as a man, I think this is really important is that I just really don't experience negative emotions anymore, hardly any at all. And when I do, I let them go almost immediately because I don't, need to get emotional about things. If something is happening that's outside of my control, I don't need to stress or worry about it or get upset or complain about it. I can just deal with that, just playing the game as the ball lies. And that's one thing you know that I really learned from Soak Philosophy is just this idea that almost everything is outside of your control, but what is in your control is your interpretation of the situation and the actions that you take. And you know that that's helped me a lot just in relationships with people in the sense that I used to try to control people and I used to get upset when people didn't do what I wanted. And I used to allow people to control me with guilt. And then as I discovered this and discovered the Stoic philosophy, I, I realized that I could just let people do whatever they want. 
I'm, it's not my job to make them like they don't have to please me. They don't have to do what I, I have an option. My option is to be in a relationship with them or not or to spend time with them or not. And if people aren't doing what I want, then I don't have to spend time with them. Right. And the same thing with with allowing people to guilt you. Right. I, I realized that there was a lot of a lot of the things I was doing in life were being done out of compulsion or obligation instead of my free will and my choice. And th those things were rendered meaningless. They, they have no value if you're not doing them out of your own free will because you want to do them. And so I stopped doing things that I don't want to do. I basically just told people that try to guilt me or try to put some kind of obligation on me that I don't owe anyone anything and I don't have to do anything that I don't want to. And you're responsible for your own feelings and I'm responsible for mine. And I, no offense, but no, you know, saying the word no. And that, that just takes huge burden off your shoulders, right? And that's really the stoic approach to life is just to say, hey, you control what you control. You're responsible for your emotions. No one else is responsible. You can't depend on the external world. You can only depend on what, what you have within yourself. And so, yeah, that, that's that's how I tend to look at everything in, in life. And, you know, even when bad things happen, like I had this year, I think I did some videos on it, but when the whole COVID-19 thing hit, the stock market, I had moved some money over finally to, you know, move like six or $700,000 into like a wealth fund account. And I lost like $150,000 in like two weeks or three weeks time frame. And I just kept on going, like I didn't dwell on it. I didn't even really get upset about it. It's just, hey, it happened. So that's what happened, right? So whereas I think me before having the stoic mindset, I would have been so upset. I would have been like, just like wasting so much emotional energy being upset about this but you know it's not like i like to lose money or to to have something bad happen but i just accept it and move on right because that's that's what i have control of that's what i can do and so you know that it's just immensely helpful in your daily life because you're going to have setbacks you're going to have things that don't go your way and really you know i think one of the other kind of core tenets of stoic philosophy is this amor fati or you know the love of fate is like the idea that everything you you just love what happens right you just say okay well if this happened then i accept it and so, because most of us are living lives in denial we're trying to reject the reality of the situation and we don't we want to fight against that and it's the most ridiculous waste of your energy because reality is reality you should just accept reality and you shouldn't have any kind of feelings good or bad about reality it just is what it is if you're going to do anything love reality love the fact that things happen the way they did because that was the way that they're supposed to happen and that's the only way they could have happened because you know the the cause and effect of the universe the, the things it, it works perfectly there there's no mistakes that are, are being made like it's it's the same rules apply to everyone at that level and so it was supposed to happen that way and so yeah yeah that's that's one of the big things that i apply is just to immediately accept when something happens in life you know just accept that and do you think that there's a like someone should take a gradient approach to this so i can imagine that you know you'll get a lot of young guys that are probably you know hungry and and they they want the world and they they've very ambitious and they they really like you know lap this stuff up and there's kind of a david goggins mentality off you i can i can really sense that or or at least that's the kind of similar story where he, he's got this very strong mindset but I, I guess as someone gets older and older and they haven't been able to achieve the goals that they want they'll start to become more skeptical as if oh, that's not me that's not uh, you know uh, yeah that's great but it's a bit too esoteric for me like i'm not able to achieve that do you think that 
there's a gradient approach where someone would slowly work their, their way into this or is this kind of a thing where you wake up in the morning and then you kind of just decide that this is going to be the rest of my life yeah it's hard to it's hard to say you know what are the things that actually like here's what i'll say about this is that we can't actively change our beliefs it's not possible so if i tell you that there's such thing as pink flying elephants it doesn't matter how much you want to believe that you cannot force yourself to believe that because you know it's not true right we cannot change our beliefs by force we cannot just adopt a new belief and so many of us actually make arguments against people trying to think that we could actually convince them in such a way that they could just change their belief as if we can convince someone to change their belief it's not possible but it is possible to change your beliefs indirectly and so what i would say is that you know well, basically, you know, I'd ask this question. If you if you put a cucumber into pickle brine, what does it become? It becomes a pickle, right? So you are what you brine in. And so there's basically two ways that we can change our beliefs. The first way is to control what we brine in, right? So that's why books are so important, right? If you want to become a positive person, if you want to become someone who has a stoic mindset, who has a bulldog mindset, who has a David Goggins mindset, then surround yourself in that environment, read a bunch of books, you know, read Relentless, read, you know, Resilience, uh, you know, read all the, read David Goggins book and, you know, Can't Hurt Me and, and you know, and associate with those people, you know, join a group. That's why I created something like Bulldog Mindset is to, to get men together that have these kind of views. But regardless, like find the people, find the influences, cut the people out of your life that are negative, cut the people out of your life that are bringing you down, that don't have the mindset that you want to have. So that's what we can control. And, and turn off the TV, turn off the TV. It's called programming for a reason because it's programming you. Instead, listen to some podcasts. Instead, you know, read books, like I said. Instead, control the media that goes into your brain because whatever you brine in, that's what you'll become. Uh, so that's the first way. And then the second way is that it's through our actions, what we talked about before. You know, someone asked me again, how can I become a runner? I don't, I don't know how to become a runner. How do you, how could you even do this? I'm not built for this. I, I don't have the discipline. I don't have the, you know, I'm like, I'll tell you what, if you run, start running 10 miles every day, you'll become a runner <laughs> about three months of that. Now, hmm. someone might say, oh, I can't run 10 miles. Well, you can, you could just like run a mile and then walk for a little bit and then run a mile and then walk for a little bit and, or run half a mile, however you can, like you could bust it out if you want to. And, and the first day, I forget what book is in, there's this whole Navy SEALs thing where they call it being a sugar cookie or, or what is it? Uh, the circus, right? The circus, that's what it is. And it's basically like in, when they're doing their PT, they're doing their training. The person who like ends up last in the training, they have to do more they have to they have to do double the training <laughs> so they're going to be even more tired the next day and then they're going to be last again and so that's going to give them the penalty of doing more training but after so many days what ends up happening is that they actually end up becoming moving up and becoming like maybe even the leader maybe even becoming faster because they're at, at some point doing so much extra is beating you down but at some point, doing so much extra, you build up a higher capacity because you're training more than other people. And so it actually starts to kick over the other way. And it's the same thing here as it's like, you know, you ha if you want to change your beliefs, take the actions, right? If you, if you take the actions of someone who believes, has a belief system that you want to have, then you will become that thing. And so, so that's really, really the key is like if you want to start developing a stoic mindset, 
surround yourself with Stoic philosophy. Read Stoic philosophy. Get around people. Get around people who have the bulldog mindset, who have the discipline, who have callous their their brain, and and then also start taking the action. Start doing hard stuff. Start doing Stoic things. Start going for try doing some fasts start doing some things that are going to make you physically uncomfortable you know practice poverty practice uh, discomfort you know go put yourself in awkward social situations right for guys like you know with dating it's like just go out there and just go look like an idiot go talk to a girl and like face the fear and the cur- and 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 those things will transform you and change you and they will change your belief system and then pretty soon you'll before you know it you'll be a stoic and you'll start actually holding that belief so do you do physical feats like uh, whether that's exercise wise or or, or diet wise like you mentioned fasting do you do those for beyond actual physical changes but more physiological changes like like you said callousing your brain is that something that you implement into your routine and, and recommend yeah people? absolutely right I mean like I was saying with the ultra running running a 50 mile race is not you know it's not the physically best thing for you right it's maybe running like half marathons or marathon or somewhere along that you know so many miles is healthy and and will increase your cardiovascular but when you train to the point of running like 50 mile 100 mile race like you actually are potentially damaging your your system or possibly damaging your heart in, in some cases so it's not actually the most healthy thing but the reason why i do it anyway and again i'm not trying to scare people from doing this stuff if if you're you know ramping up you're 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 pretty pretty safe in, in general right and a lot of people do this but what, what i'm saying is that the reason for doing something like this is not just for the physical benefit obviously it is because of the mental benefit it is because of that that discipline right and i think about it you know, one way to think about this, as as most of us are really into physical fitness, you know, with, with this podcast and everything, is that if you look at like kind of Eastern philosophy, right, the, the path to enlightenment, right, you know, I, I'm not like super well versed in this, but there's the, the yogis, right, and I think there's like three paths of yoga, right, one of them is sort of like the spiritual, this is like the, 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 the becoming a really wise person in understanding this the spiritual aspect of things right another one of the paths is like the was it like i forget it's like the wizard the whatever but another one of the paths is through intelligence through knowledge right through gaining a superior knowledge and understanding of of the world and all these things right but then there's a third path which is basically the physical (laughs) and that's the path through like physical discipline and hardship and the point that I make with, with that is just that you're, you become enlightened to some degree. Like when you push yourself, if you've ever grind as hard as you can, like push yourself to the physical limits of life, it almost is this transcendental experience where you, like you expand, your consciousness expands from going through pain. So you, you know, pain is, is not something that we should shy away from. Pain is something that is profound in our growth experience and we need to experience pain. But the only pain that we really benefit from in life is pain that we willingly bring upon ourselves. If pain is thrust upon us and we are an unwilling subject of that pain, it usually causes damage to us, right? Again, we could go back to the Stoic philosophy and the Stoic idea. I think they had this concept of the cart dragging the dog, right? So if you imagine a cart and you've got a dog that's tied to the cart, the, the dog can fight the cart and try and go its own direction and be dragged along or the dog can see the direction that the cart is going and can go in that direction of the cart. And that's sort of the challenge that we're faced every day. So, you know, 
figuring things out through through pain is often and again like i said there's other ways that other people sort of reach what i would call enlightenment or you know or, or trend expand their consciousness but the physical way is a very sure and absolute way like if you start pushing if you train for some ridiculously hard endurance event or something really hard like getting on the bodybuilding stage and getting down to you know single digit body fat like you know five six percent body fat or whatever you are going to you're going to go through a religious experience you're going to change your consciousness level will change just from going through that amount of pain and discomfort yeah i think i completely agree with you i've, I've tried the i've tried to do it without the physical so like i've read some of eckhart toll's books multiple times but it, it's it's hard to go through that pain without I mean, it's not hard to, but it's easier to get that pain physically because it will 100% come if you just stick it out long enough. Um, and, and yeah, you're, you're completely right with the, you know, when you go through like a bodybuilding show or like a, a, an ultra marathon or something, it's it's that last period of time or that where you have to push yourself that you actually grow. And and like you said, with the stoicism, it's, it's pain that you can completely exit right away. You know, if you want to stop, you, you could stop running straight away. You could say, okay, I'm done. I quit. Um, I'm going to get a taxi home. Or I could say, you know, I'm going to go and KFC and, and just get out of my misery. But you're you're enduring the pain in spite of knowing that you can actually remove yourself from that. So it's not the same as somebody in Africa that's like, say, starving to death. They don't have a choice. This pain is inflicted on them. I think it's, I, think, I read it sometime, I, I read it before where, you know, somebody said like, you know the, the the pain you'd run you know if you had to uh, run a marathon and you chose to run it versus if someone pointed a gun to your head and said i'm going to shoot you if you don't run it it's the same physical experience but you would experience it differently on a mental level because one is enforced on you and the other is chosen to to kind of grow your mindset um so i guess there's kind of a concept or a belief with people who are like really successful in business that they're like the fat ceo or they haven't got time to to work out or to be in good shape what kind of advice would you give to that person or or how does your diet and your training set up i know you, you obviously run but how does that look on a day-to-day basis are you extremely busy with with your business i know you've kind of explained everything on your youtube channel in terms of how you you know make your money so you have different different uh, revenue streams but what's your day-to-day kind of training and nutrition look like to, to stay in like top tip shape essentially but also still stay on top of your business game so that it doesn't affect it. I mean, some some athletes, right, they, they'll train so much that it affects all the other areas of their life. How do you stay on top of that? Yeah, so I think it's sort of there. It's based on this concept of, of the different phases in life because one of the things that I, I, I hear a lot from a lot of like successful people like CEOs and, and things like that of, of these companies is one of the most common echoed things which which is, is unfortunately a lot of bullshit but i don't i don't fault the people that say it because they just don't understand they don't know better they don't remember is they say i wish that when i was younger i wouldn't have worked so hard and that's bullshit the reason why is because they're saying that from where they are now because they don't have to work so hard now but you have to grind and you have to hustle and so you know the the reason why I'm I'm starting it this way is because you have these different phases, right? If you're just starting out, right? You're a young guy, whatever. You're you're trying to start a business or something, or you're trying to really make it in this world. You're gonna have to work like 80, 90 hour weeks, right? In, in fact, you have this triangle, right? There's uh, you've got you've got fitness, 
you've got making money and you've got girls, <laughs> right? And you're, you're going to pick two of those at any given time in life, right? You can only pick two. That's it. At, at least at, at during the grind phase. Then you can be more balanced later on. But, but typically that, that's it. And so, you know, you, you've got to really put in that, that time and that effort at, at that point. But what happens and what happened for me is that, you know, and I did this. I grinded out. When I was starting out, I was working a full-time job. So this was, well, let me compare my routine of what it was to what it is now, right? So when I started out, I was, I would wake up in the morning before work, I'd go for either a run or lift, and then I would work my full-time job for eight hours, and then I would take a bit of a break to have a little bit of dinner, and then immediately afterwards, I'd go back to work, working about four to five hours a night on recording videos, doing my blog posts, doing all the stuff to build my, my business. And I did that for about two and a half years. And, and on weekends, I just pretty much worked the, you know, for like 10 hours every, every weekend. And I just did that for two and a half years. And that's what it took me to do what I call pushing the boulder up the hill. So if you think about it, when you're starting out, it's like you're pushing this boulder up a hill. It's really, really hard. And you can't take a break and you can't stop because if you stop, it starts to roll backwards, right? And you lose ground. So you have to push, 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 right? Uh, you burn out, but you keep pushing anyway because that's what it takes. You got to keep on pushing. And then at some point though, you get to the crest of the hill, like the top, the summit, and the boulder starts to roll down the other side of the hill. And when the boulder's rolling down the other side of the hill, you can kind of ride on the boulder. You give it a little push here or there, but it's pretty much going on its own, right? It doesn't require that much. I mean, if you want to like increase things and you maybe you put it, you want to make it roll really fast, you got to push really hard. But, but for the most part, it's going on its own. And that's where I'm at now, right? Is because I have these businesses running. I've got some real estate investment that's kicking off cash right? It's, it's passive income. I don't even have to work, right? That, that real estate income will, will generate revenue. Even the businesses that I have, I've got so much organic traffic coming onto my websites and YouTube channels that it's just money coming in, right? I don't have to do a lot of work for that. I still do a lot of work, but it's a different phase, right? And it's kind of like dues paid. You have to pay the dues in order to get to that. There's a really good book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I also recommend that book. And in, in that, there's this, you know, there's this part where he talks about this guy, this older gentleman in his Cadillac, Cadillac or whatever it is with the top down and, you know, he's smoking a stogie and, and his license plate says dues paid. And you know, mm -hmm. I think that's a, <laughs> that's a really yeah, good a image. Book. And so, so yeah. So anyway, so that's the phase that I'm at now and you have to like, there, there's no shortcut. You have to grind. You have to go through a grind. Everyone does in order to get there. And so now I can structure my life a little bit differently, like based on what I want to do. So you know, obviously with running an ultra marathon, my life has been a little bit more chaotic because I'm running 80 miles a week when I'm at, at the peak of my training. And so 80 miles a week is like, you know, something like 10 to 12 hours of running per week. So my day, my typical day might look like this. Now it would be wake up in the morning at like 5:45 AM, go out and go for a 10 mile run, which might take like two hours, hour and a half to two hours, get back, you know, take a shower, uh, log into my computer, start working, you know, whether it be recording YouTube videos, I've got like a, a task board that I have planned out. And I typically will work until either like three to four o'clock PM. And then I'll either hit the gym if it's a, if it's a lifting day or sometimes go for a second run. And then, you know, I'll eat dinner enjoy some time. And then I typically go for a walk about an hour or two every night. 
and and that's that's kind of my schedule. But some days, you know, I might not really do any work at all, or some days I might take a week and just go travel somewhere and not do anything except for keep up my training. And so, but you know, definitely when I started training for this ultra marathon, it definitely took up a lot more time. Like, and I'm tired all the time, right? I just want to sleep and just want to eat. And so, so things have definitely become more difficult, but I can, I can allow myself to do that because I don't really have to be working like 12 hours a day in the business. Like I used to when I was, was getting started. So that's, you know, that, I think that's kind of the, the way that, that I, I view it. That's why I don't want to just like give an answer because, you know, like I said, it's like, it depends on what stage you are at in life. And if you haven't gone through the grind, if you haven't done the hustle, there's no shortcut. You just have to do it. You're going to have to fucking face the pain and do that. And you're going to have to give up everything. And the other reason I think I can do some of these things and, and what I did back then is I don't watch TV. I don't watch sports. You know, I know a lot of people like sports, but it's, to me, it's just a complete waste of time. There's absolutely no value in that at all. I pretty much avoid the news, right? I avoid all of the kind of bullshit that doesn't actually help me in my life. And, you know, when I'm running all these miles, I'm reading, I'm listening to audiobooks the whole time. So I'm, I'm getting my education there. And, you know, I, I've just cut out all the crap out of my life, right? Only the, the valuable things. Not that I don't enjoy myself. You know, I might watch a movie or I might even play a video game from some time, but I, I plan out that time and I, I try not to waste it. So based off of your kind of triangulation there, it, we can make some assumptions. So if a guy is like rich and good with women, he's probably broke or business sucks. And if he is rich and is good with women, he probably has shitty fitness. <laughs> is that correct? If you can kind of triangulate that or, or, or do you kind of work on one area and then kind of keep that at a certain level and then work on another area? Yeah, you kind of have to like, it's like juggling, right? <laughs> like, in yeah. fact, it, it fits perfectly because when you juggle three balls, you can only hold two at a time, right? So there's always mm -hmm. going to be one in the air, but you got to switch, right? So it's it's best to focus on maybe two of those areas of the triangle at one given time. But if you ignore a third one, you're going to live a pretty incomplete life. It's not going to be good and you're going to suffer. So you eventually have to switch back and, and go through these phases, right? But as a young man, right? You know, if you're starting out, right, if I were to give advice to, to guys that are maybe in their 20s or, you know, early 20s, I would say, you know, focus primarily on the business and the fitness side of things. And, you know, get some, you know, obviously develop some social skills and, and things like that. But don't worry so much about women right now. Like establish, like become the man that you want to become. Establish yourself, right? And then later on you can you can sort of switch the triangle and maybe you just you know work on on the the fitness and the the women for a while and even like you know this right i mean if you build a physique right like this was really tested for me during the COVID 19 stuff is because i haven't been to the actual gym for what three months but i'm just as ripped and jacked as as ever like i mean i'm doing some push-ups and Every once in a while, I can go and, and lift some weights on, on the neighbor's bench. But I am not doing the two-hour workouts that I was doing three times a week before. And really, like once you've built up a good physique and you've built the muscle, as long as you're like mm. not starving yourself, you're going to pretty much hold on. to. And even if you do lose the muscle, you can gain it back like so quickly because you have that muscle memory, that mitochondrial yeah. changes that have, that have happened. So if you work on your fitness and you work on your business, like those things will kind of stick around and you can put less effort into them, right? It's so much harder to build a physique than it is to maintain one, right? To maintain at least the muscle part of it, right? Maybe the, For sure, yeah. you know, we try to get fat real quick when we, you know, the maintenance is kind of hard in that, in that respect, but the muscle part of it, like putting in that effort, once you've put in that effort, 
you know that that kind of sticks around for with, with with little maintenance right like it's you know like to, in order for me to get my physique i had to put in a lot of hours you know every week and, and really push it but i can maintain this physique if i if i just lift two times a week for about an hour uh, you know each session i could probably maintain the exact physique that i have yeah yeah you you're you're dead right on that um thanks so much for coming on man it's been really insightful and uh really enjoyable to talk to you where can people find more about what you're gonna what, what you do um you know your services etc yeah so thanks uh, thanks adam i appreciate it the, the best place is just to go to bulldogmindset.com and take the bulldog quiz go take this it's a 10 question quiz and it'll tell you what your bulldog score is whether you have a bulldog mindset and so you can identify the areas that you need to work on and then i've got some videos that follow up that tell you how to improve your score and the things you can work on some real practical pragmatic advice so just go to bulldogmindset.com you'll see a pop-up or you can click the quiz button and then from there i'll give you a lot of information and a lot of videos and things that, that will help you in your in your journey awesome man Thanks for coming on again. Appreciate it. So what a good episode. I really enjoyed speaking to John. I really, really like to surround myself with people in positions that I'd like to be in. It comes back to that quote by Jim Ron, the famous entrepreneur. You are the average of the five people that you surround yourself with. And I think in everyday life, we can kind of see that, you know, bodybuilders hang around with other bodybuilders, uh, people who are broke and have a broke mindset tend to hang around with other people who have a, a broke mindset you know people who are victims tend to hang around with other people who are victims or i mean in that in the sense of a victim mentality so i hope you took something from this and what i really took from it is you push yourself mentally every single day in order to grow so kind of like in the gym where you're pushing yourself you're causing stress you stress like good stress the same thing is the same thing you want to do for your brain or your mind is to push it beyond what it's currently capable of so then you can grow and step into that and i think john's story is really really it really hits home with a lot of people i think because he if you check him out he really did come from you know an, an average background which i think most people in this listen to this podcast would be uh, do come from he was like out of shape he was kind of really unmotivated and lazy when he was younger and then something just clicked one day and he decided that you know it's up to me i make my choices and i've got to if i want to change it's up to me to make that decision so really really enjoyed it and i hope you enjoyed it too i hope you took something from it if you have any feedback for it let me know and i will chat to you guys in, in the next episode